Dude, we're always talking about cool new tech, but it's hard for hiring companies to change. I mean, adoption's a bitch. Yeah. New tech can get them to qualified candidates so much faster. I know, man, but recruiters already have their routine in place and nobody wants to jump into another platform, especially when it's expensive and also requires hours, maybe days of training. Exactly. But that's where Uncommon's new service comes into play. Uncommon pairs expert recruiters with in-house kick-ass technology. All right. Interesting. Interesting. It sounds like Uncommon understands the problem of change. That's why they hand-select veteran recruiters, train them on this kick-ass technology that has access to over 100 million active profiles. Yeah, yeah. But I bet they're expensive and I bet it requires some kind of annual commitment or contract, right? No, man. Uncommon is not an agency. They don't require a contract, any contingencies. All they do, they charge one flat fee per project, saving, I don't know, anywhere from 50 to 80% on each hire versus the average agency cut. Oh, snap. Companies could save big stacks of paper especially if they're rapidly scaling and need hires today. Yep. And all you have to do is reach out to Tag and the Uncommon crew at Uncommon.co. That's Uncommon.co. Change doesn't have to be a pain if you're using Uncommon. Hide Hide your kids. kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous Dangerous podcast. podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right Right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Push record already. Jesus. Yeah, there let's just go. get started. Come on. I'm so confused thing. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> whose show, who show, who show am I on? Whose show is this? It's, it's, uh, this it's all is, a bit This is our collective show. So for everybody that's out there, actually, we finally got a chance to meet Matt in Portugal. And I had this crazy idea of, hey, let's just sit down and do a crossover podcast where we're going to be on Matt's pod. He's going to be on our pod. And we're going to just have a, a fucking free for all so how's that sound all your ideas are crazy by the way you they don't are. have to like put crazy idea just say idea and people know it's crazy that's, that's redundant is what you're saying yeah yeah so never mind the bullocks we have britain's edinburgh's uh matt alderon i guess because he's pushing this out as his show and we're pushing it out as our show we should probably all do quick introductions because his audience doesn't know us possibly and our audience doesn't know him possibly. That's so possible. should we get that out of the way? Yeah, let's let Matt go first. Yeah, let's let's do it. So um, I'm Matt Alder, and um, I run the Recruiting Future podcast, um, which some of you which some of you will be listening to. Thank you. You're welcome. Which some, which some of you will be listening to right now um, in this kind of weird, <laughs> weird crossover, uh, crossover thing that, that we're doing. Um, the show's been going four years, and uh, every week, well, most weeks, um, I interview um, thought leaders and practitioners about uh, the changing nature of talent acquisition and the future of recruiting. So you're primarily practitioners. I'm primarily practitioners. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, tell us about your show for, for my audience. Uh, we are a, I guess, a weekly roundup of news from the industry, primarily what vendors are doing, who's buying whom and what's who's doing what and 
how shitty monster commercials are and how Indeed's going down the tubes. That's kind of the stuff that we talk about. Uh, we have a show called Firing Squad that uh, is sort of like Shark Tank for startups. Usually at least two times a month, we do a deep dive into something like automation, AI, uh, chatbots, whatever sort of interesting and in, in, in the now. Um, and then we sort of do a bunch of side shit. I don't know. What else would you add, Chad? Yeah, the shred. I mean, yeah, our news. focus... Yeah, our focus is to be able to help all those individuals that are out there, whether they're talent acquisition or their vendors, to better understand what the hell's going on in the landscape. There's so much noise out there right now. We'll do the research. We'll put it out, obviously, with our fucked up opinion. But you get a lot of content about a lot of shit that's happening in our industry. And uh, people seem to dig it. Such an asshole. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, know, do you know what? I've just realized I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bleep the swearing out. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. Do you know, do you, but do you know what? Do you know the ridiculous reason why? The ridiculous why? reason why? Um, Apple. So basically, um, there are a number of countries that if you have a podcast with swearing in, huh? um, Apple will, will not, uh, will not um, distribute your, 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 your podcast to. Even if you tag it as explicit? Even if you tag it as explicit, uh, oh well, fuck those countries. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, absolutely. But I have an audience. I have an audience in those countries, so uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> I have to find some kind of uh, some kind of bleeping device. So apologies to the apologies to the listeners of my show. What about um, albums that have explicit lyrics? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just know the podcasting bit. That's bullshit, Matt. Oh, it's not me. Well, it's not my fault. It's not me. Blame Apple. That stifles your creativity. Well, it does. I mean, you can't say shite or <laughs> bullocks or. Now, now we're just going to turn this into a swearing, a That's swearing exactly, pest, aren't Yeah, we? no, yeah, yeah, what, absolutely. You get Joel going down one of these rabbit holes. It's really <laughs> fucking hard to get him out. So, ye be it's, it's, poo it's, without Talru. In talking, in talking with uh, obviously talent acquisition professionals, staffing professionals, what have you, what do you sing? today as one of their biggest issues that you're trying to help them through or they're listening to your podcast to be able to try to get some some hints and or shortcuts through interesting question because i think it, uh, the answer to it comes back to something that um uh something that, that you guys just said um i think the 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 biggest challenge i'm finding lots of talent acquisition professionals mm -hmm. have is is the sheer amount of noise in the marketplace so uh people are really struggling to get their head around um the technology that's available and how it might actually help um you know solve solve their problems and and add some value to them there's this uh, this great sense that uh, people are missing out on some uh, silver bullet technology um and uh, just a lot of confusion about um you know what what uh what's out there and how it could work and uh and how are they dealing with learning about the new stuff are they putting their head in the sand or are they actively trying to figure it all out I think what I find is that um, a, a lot of the the people who are really getting on top of this are talking to their peers about it. So uh, going to events, um, finding out um, who's using what and uh, how it's working for them. Um, and, and really, that's kind of one of the objectives of my podcast is to, to get people on and talk about um, how they're um, how they're sort of facing their talent acquisition challenges, the, the methods they're using, the technology they're using, uh, you know, what's working, what's not working. And what's never going to work? I have this theory that like all the emails that go out, the content marketing, like the typical sort of interruption marketing mm -hmm. 
is all wasted dollars in many aspects because a lot of this is just social media. Hey, who do you guys use as an ATS? Like, hey, who does everybody use for their chat bot? Like, are you saying that that's primarily how people make buying decisions today? I think it's I think it's part of it. Um, I, I I do I do have sometimes a bit of an issue with those uh, you know with those kind of social media requests because I think that uh, you know if you're just asking you know randomly on Facebook, right. hey, what's a good ATS? Um, I, I think it's difficult to get a good answer because uh, people will will not appreciate your uh, you know your unique challenges or your objectives or the type of company you are. Um, so you know, I, I think that's kind of that's one end of it. But I do think that the uh, you know the events, the the peer to peer conversations, the networking that goes on is is driving a lot of uh, it's driving a lot of this stuff because I think that a lot of the um, a lot of the marketing that comes out into this space. It's really about the vendor's own objectives. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they've kind of got together and say, hey, what problems do we solve? These are great problems. We'll solve them. <laughs> and, and a lot of the time, I don't think they actually talk to their potential customers or think about what pro- you know what, what issues they actually have. So I think sometimes technology will solve a problem very effectively, but that problem might be number 50 on the uh, on the list of problems that, are, that someone working in talent acquisition actually has. So uh, yeah, so I think that's, you know, that's kind of my take on the market. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do with my point. Well, and don't you find that most most of these companies really don't truly understand what their problems are? They they're hearing so much noise out there, and then Jenny from across the street said her ATS was the best. Um, Jenny from the block. I mean, the process. I I feel like the thing that companies need to really focus on today is their process. They have like a 1990s process methodology that they try to jam into their technology, which just doesn't work. And then they try to layer more technology on it before they really truly find out what their process should be. And will that process actually alleviate some of those problems and then prioritization of those problems. And then at that point, after you've gone through all of that, then start talking about technology but not until then yeah absolutely i couldn't i couldn't agree with that i couldn't agree with that more i think uh, some of the best guests i've had on my show um, are the people who've gone all the way back to uh you know understanding what their objectives what their objectives are and then um mm-hmm. you know building from there it's like well what actually are our problems do these problems actually um properly align to where our business is going uh, are they the right problems to be solving um and then you know how do we do that what's the best way to solve it and then technology is the kind of the final the final piece of that puzzle basically do you find it's hard to get corporate folks to open up to you uh good question um for the most i'm kind of working off a bit of a fake sample i think because i was going to say no i have some great guests and they always sort of talk about what they're doing but uh you know i think my guests are a subset of uh uh you know of of the of of the whole population if of of the you know of of that kind of uh, corporate population if you like because i think they're people who um you know, are open and really, uh, you know, happy about talking, uh, talking about what they're doing. They've got a story to, they've got a story to share. They've some, they've done something, mm-hmm. they've done something good. So, um, the the guests that I have on, no problem at all. They're, you know, they're very, um, very open to, uh, to to share and share their learnings. Whether that's the same for, uh, you know, the the, the ev- everyone who kind of works there, it works in talent acquisition. Probably, probably not. So we know you're British and you're polite, but what do you got for us? Any questions? Yeah. So I've got a few. I've got a few questions. Um, so you claim to be HR's most dangerous podcast. Claim. And, uh, I was. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to someone who isn't in HR or recruiting about about your show actually um, the other day, and they asked me why was it why was it so dangerous? So you know why why are you so dangerous? Well, I think that the fact that you're bleeping out the first thirty seconds of the show uh, helps <laughs> helps establish that. Yeah, very true. Um, and also, you know, to, to add to that, if uh, anyone listening to my show, uh, you know, wants to, uh, you know, wants, wants to hear what we were really saying, if I if I do manage to bleep it out, then uh, they should listen to this show on your show. Just go to chadcheese.com and you'll get the you'll get the straight shot on that one. Yeah. And likewise, if anyone listening to your show doesn't like swearing, then, you know, <laughs> come, come and listen to my show. Yeah, I never fucking swear on my show. So it's absolutely fun. <laughs> you like, if you like your podcast with some crumpets and tea, <laughs> listen to Matt's show. No, I think, I mean, my answer is, you know, Chad and I are at a point in our careers, we kind of work for ourselves. We don't have really any corporate interests. We can be blunt. We, both of our personalities are sort of no nonsense. I think a lot of the podcasts out there, you know, someone's, someone's got an association they got to think about. Someone's got an employer they have to think about. Someone, you know, there's always something that sort of gets in the way of honest, open, um, sort of brutal honesty and talk. And I think we're able to cut through that just because of our situation. And it's easy to be HR's most dangerous podcast because nothing in HR is fucking dangerous in the first place. So just <laughs> ratcheting it up. Yeah. Just a couple of levels and putting some snark in it. It, it, it makes it dangerous. So it makes it pre it's pretty simple to be dangerous yeah, in HR. Well, that's a that's a really that's a really good point. Absolutely, absolutely. Do, do you get do you get any complaints? Millennials hate us sometimes. Millennials love us. Shut the fuck up. Um, we the advice to anybody who is complaining is don't fucking listen. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's your choice to either plug in and listen to us or not. This isn't Russia. We're not you know, doing state sponsored fucking podcasts or anything like that. Just don't listen. And we're, we're okay with criticism. Yeah. Just, you know, bring yeah, it. Absolutely. You know, bring facts, bring, you know, bring what you got. Like, don't, you know, the, the social media grenades that, you know, they don't want to come on the show or they don't want to back up whatever it is. Like, I'll give you an example. We had somebody, we had somebody make the claim that we only have advertisers because they feel threatened that we're going to like F-bomb them to hell if they don't give us money for the show. And that's just simply ridiculous. Um, we don't threaten anybody to give us money for sponsoring the show. Don't have to. All of our sponsors love us. I mean, so to make a claim like that is either you better come on the show uh, and defend your, your position or on social media, you better come with some facts uh, that backs up that that statement because that's a really that's a big claim to make if you don't have any facts to back it up and we're going to come straight at you on the podcast to tell you how it is and ask for you to come on the show to you know again voice your opinion so we can land base your ass there well i think and i think that's the great thing about podcasting is uh you know there's there's no keyboard warriors here everyone uh, everyone is having to back up their opinion and talk about uh you know just justify it and uh, not hide behind Behind, uh, you know, not hide behind a keyboard. Yeah. Um, I had a, so another another question for you. So, so my podcast is about the future of recruiting. What's the future of recruiting? So, on from our Unem standpoint, unemployment lines. <laughs> from our standpoint, for recruiters. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about technology. 
And that's what we feel the future of recruiting is. It's not total robots, technology, so on and so forth. But um, especially now, as we talk about process and problems, there are many pieces of technology that could get rid of the mundane, bullshit, problematic tasks that we face today. And I feel like the switch of just having people powered recruiting will have more of a uh, automatic, automated, enabled people recruiting where candidates don't go into the black hole anymore, right? That's the problem when you have only people doing this shit. When you have automation support humans, then we can get into more of a humanistic type of recruiting culture. But we haven't been there for years. So I think from our standpoint, we talk about recruiting so much um, on the technology side because that's where we see the future of it going. It's like 10 guy, right? Um, and Jacob on Facebook was giving us so much shit because this this uh, 10 guy uh, robot is an interviewing robot and it's not human and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, look, you've got to realize these guys are pushing the next frontier of what we're doing. Candidates are already having a shitty experience as it is right now. They're having biased experience right now. Whatever we can do to try to push that boundary to see if we can do better that's not that's not the problem that's the fucking answer it might not work but guess what unless we try we'll never know and and those are the things that we like to push on our show i think that your your point of everyone's sort of confused with the noise out there uh really underscores what the future recruiter needs to look like they have to have a a really good uh broad or basic understanding of the technology that's going on and and being developed and what's coming down the pike because if they don't keep up um, they're going to be eliminated. Um, you know, the, the, the old days of like, Hey, I'm a tool in the tool chest and I can, I can live like that are I think going away. And you have to have a very broad tool toolkit to know everything that's going on and know what a chatbot is, know what, you know, AI is and know what these vendors are and know what and how to you use know, messaging is and the different platforms yeah. for that and how to use it and what's, you know, advertising. And now, now there's podcasts, there's going to be video down, you know, down the pike and how do we best use that stuff? And there's Snapchat and there's Instagram and there's TikTok and there's like, you have to be really smart and keep up with this shit. Uh, if you're going to be successful, the ones that don't are going to be left behind. I think that the, you know, the the line between what's marketing and recruiting um, is really blurring more and more each day. And for the recruiters that aren't marketers or think of themselves in that way are going to be left behind. So back to your question, what do you feel the future of recruitment is? And I mean, you being, you know, more across the pond on the UK side of the house, it's much different than over here in the US. How do you feel that differs from kind of like our vantage point? I would say it's very similar, actually. Um, I think that um, from a big picture perspective, uh, you know, every, we're, we're kind of pretty much aligned. There are, there are, you know, there are, there are lots of differences uh, between recruiting in North America, recruiting in Europe and recruiting elsewhere around the world. But I think the, you know, the overall direction um, is 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 very much the sh- the same, um, and and I kind of really agree with what you just said. And I think the I think the key to this is is actually critical thinking because um, I think you know understanding understanding what's going on, um, being able to spot what's a useful tool 
from mm-hmm. what's just uh, what's just a load of hype. But at the same time, I think it's having this having this real sense of being open minded, and I think Tengai is a really interesting example of that because uh, uh, you know, like you, I had uh, Tengai on the podcast because we were both we were all in sort of Portugal and and, and recorded it, and uh, I kind of got got similar feedback. And I think when you actually sort of sit down and analyze that, the the, the robot is only a small part of that story. There's uh, there's a whole sort of bigger story about um trying to solve the problem of bias um also you know that is a very very early stage product that's uh you know there's no uses data there's 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 nothing but conjecture and i think until something gets out in the field and um you know people actually come back and say i hate this i i think i think it's just too early were you surprised at the divisiveness of the opinion uh, and to quote your your great statesman William Shakespeare, "Doth thou protest too much?" Like I, I think it's I think it's very telling about a product when so many recruiters hate it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I was surprised because I've seen that I've seen that round almost every time there's there's a uh, you know there's some kind of leap forward in in recruiting, whether it was the internet um, to start with or social media um, or then you know robots or whatever it is. There's always this kind of massive um, emotional reaction. I, I think where it just gets confusing is there are also a number of products that have come out that you know have proved to be useless or before their time or not delivering delivering the the hype they promised, and it just all gets kind of mixed up together. But um, you know, I think that if you if you take a step back and look at this and say, you know what, as it stands at the moment. No one will argue with you when you say, do you know what? Talent acquisition is not as efficient as it could be. It has these elements of bias. The, the candidates are being given a really bad experience. And there seems to be no sort of quick fix or easy way of doing that, whatever people say. Then, you know, you know that the industry is going to change and things are going to come along and and, and move that forward. And it's, um, I just think it's important to kind of have an open mind and, and, and look at things and say, well, this this could be it or, or it might not be. But let's at least see you know see what happens um you know on on chatbots i um there was a huge kind of backlash um certainly in the uk um when chatbots first appeared that uh you know candidates wouldn't like them and all this sort of stuff and actually a lot of the research that i that i've seen and the the a couple of the companies that i've spoken to are using them you know have come back and said oh actually you know they've they've been successful for this and and the candidates did like them so you know so that's kind of wrong to a certain extent but at the same time and this is where i think it's all about critical thinking that doesn't mean every candidate is going to like every iteration of every chatbot so there will be companies who use them appallingly and uh, and candidates hate them so it comes back to that you know, work out what your problems are and the way to solve them, and use technology to help you. Don't use technology just, just for the sake of it, um, or don't use it just so you can say, "Hey, that technology was rubbish, and I was right all along." Remember when QR codes were going to rule the world? Ah, oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a brilliant um, advert. Someone, uh, <laughs> a recruitment company uh, in London, uh, put a QR code on a poster on the London Underground, and the, uh, the whole point was you scan this QR code to go onto a website. And this is like years before there was any internet access or any kind of coverage on the London Underground. Um, <laughs> and it was just, it was just an astonishing um, example of uh, using technology because someone told us it was cool without actually mm-hmm. thinking about any of the user experience or anything um, anything that uh, anything that could sort of happen around that we have to think very 
keenly about adoption and how these individuals are going to adopt. I mean, scalability, all that other fun stuff, just like podcasts. When Joel and I did our first podcast, like in 2008 or something like that, the only way you could listen is on your PC, on your desk. But anyway, I mean, the, the adoption rate was going to be very low and it was just, we were just having a fun time. Uh, it wasn't until like 10 years later, you know, like in 2017 where, yeah, smartphones changed it all. And it was all about the ability to adopt, right? Those are the things that we need to look at from uh, a technology standpoint. And that being said, looking at the future of, of recruiting, what is your favorite type of technology right now that you think will take us into that, that next segment of, uh, of the future of recruiting? Oh, I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, right. That's a, yeah, it's a, well, it's a good question because I thought of the, I, I thought of the same question. Um, my favorite type of technology. I think I like, I like technology that actually solves, um, you know, solves a, solves a problem. Uh -huh. So um, I think, um, I suppose there's still two, two answers to this. I think some of the, um, some of the kind of new breed ATS solutions that are coming onto the market that have been actually built, mm -hmm. uh, you know, built with talent acquisition in mind, not built to uh, just kind of automate um, a recruitment process, but, you know, built with candidates and built with uh, recruiters in mind. I think there's some great, um, some great stuff there. Um, but sometimes I like the really kind of, um, uh, the really sort of simple, uh, simple things that, that make a difference. So I, I, I've sort of said this a, f a, f a few times, but my, my favorite thing that I've actually seen this year is um, a piece of software called Video My Job. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously to, to the disclaimer to, to say that, you know, other providers of the same software are, are available. Um, and, and what I like about it is it just, um, you know, we all talk about um, video being so important when it comes to recruitment marketing and content. And, and what that soft software does is it just makes it really easy for you to film a video. You know, it puts subtitles up, it tells you where to put your head in the frame, and it does a few simple things to make, uh, you know, to make what you're doing really good and really effective. So, you know, it's not kind of a massive groundbreaking thing. It's just something that really helps people, um, you know, to, to get good at doing video and to actually put content um, out there that, that's, that, that looks as good as it can be. So I think it's it's simple technology like that, that that's my sort of current favorite stuff in a in a world of um, in a world of complexity. You know what I think to piggyback on video my job, you know, I think part of the reason, and this also goes back to the podcasting, is that those things are effective partly because they leverage a platform of distribution that is now, I guess, evolved enough to where those things work. Like video my job would not have worked 10 years ago the way that it does today, right? No, because yeah. you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have social media, you didn't have the channels to sort of easily distribute it, just like podcasting. I'm not on mobile. 10 years ago. Or yeah, mobile. Yeah. So so a lot of those little technologies are great because they leverage platforms that exist today. Uh, that didn't exist tomorrow. So, what exactly is going to exist tomorrow, platform-wise, uh, where that that will that will sort of give birth to these new companies? I don't know. Now, to your question of the future of of recruiting, um, the automation piece seems really disparate right now. Yeah, you have things living alone or in you know silos, and I think the the holy grail 
is to be able to pull all of these things together, you know, where you basically, you know, you post a job and it, you know, it programmatically distributes everywhere. Everyone comes in through, you know, pre-screening process with a chat bot that's automated. Uh, the, the scheduling goes through an automation process that goes right into Google Calendar or your Microsoft, uh, you know, programs or 365. And then, you know, the actual interviewing is when the, you know, the actual process starts. So you actually, I think recruiting will be not talking to someone until they actually come through the door because they've been scheduled on your calendar automatically and they've been pre-screened and sourced and everything. And then that sort of uh, face-to-face relationship is where recruiting uh, and people who are good, good at that in recruiting that, are, that will really excel. Um, so I think right now all those systems are sort of separate. Someone will bring it together. And, and Chad and I sort of disagree on this sort of one platform to rule them all. But I, it's pretty evident to me that people like Google or companies like Google, LinkedIn, slash Microsoft, um, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and others are trying to solve mm-hmm. that sort of one process um, problem. And we'll see if they can figure it out. Number two, if that really is the holy grail or not. But I do believe that's probably the future of where recruitment is going. My favorite right now, though, are the the companies, the startups who are focused on being able to help uh, hiring companies, staffing companies leverage that resume database that they've spent millions of dollars building in their applicant tracking system or their their system of record that they're just not using. It's ridiculous that every single day companies, recruiters are posting jobs out and they're buying candidates that they already have in their database. So big shout out to uh, candidate ID and opening.io who was, they were on the deathmatch stage in Portugal. They both do this in different ways. Candidate ID focuses on that nurturing piece and being able to nurture the individuals that you've already purchased that are in your applicant tracking system. And then opening.io is more on the matching scheme piece. So obviously you, you have a job, it's open, the rec's open, it goes into your system and it pulls those candidates forward before you go to pay more money. And that's the thing is that from a talent acquisition standpoint, we need to do a much better job on impacting, positively impacting business. And that mean a lot means bottom line and using our dollars much better. This is more of a practical way to actually dive in and be more, um, more process oriented and focused on what we've already bought. Uh, so that's those are those are my favorite right now. Uh, all the video stuff and that's all cool. But I think being able to really leverage your data that you've already bought is the key. Absolutely, that's challenging because you have you know you have Chad mentioned two companies that are successfully doing that. But we also have companies that did somewhat of the same thing and have have clearly failed or are failing. Yeah. So you have like Restless Bandit that just basically sold for pennies on the dollar, allegedly. Uh, you have Crowded, which sort of imploded internally uh, and didn't get it done. But the, all those four companies are doing trying to solve the same problem. But half of them are succeeding and the other half are going by the wayside, which brings you to that whole confusion thing of like, I know we need to be doing this, but exactly who should be doing it? And I think that's why you look at a lot of people relying on, you know, friends and colleagues for word of mouth and recommendations on who they use. So if companies have startups coming in, they should already know how they want to use that technology. They should know the process. They should know what their their objectives are for using said technology. That's the biggest issue that we have right now. Companies are looking to startups. Many of these startups have never been in our fucking industry before. And these individuals are not 
integrating these startups are not integrating uh they're not focused on really the the points of execution of how to make it work because they don't understand how it should work well, so don't forget about pivots right like okay yeah the, the product i bought last month is the same <laughs> company but they've pivoted and now they're a different product so like my head is totally spinning around that yeah yeah, yeah. so are you seeing that in in the uk as much with uh really more focus into the objectives they've started out with or are they just pivot machines like we're seeing over here in the us it's very it's, it's very similar it, it's kind of very similar across uh, across europe really L- lots of lots of startups looking to solve um you know sometimes just one problem which could be a niche problem uh you know they they don't get that they might pick up a few clients they don't get the traction they need they then start to solve another problem um and uh you know things things just get things just get very confusing basically and i think that there's so much um i think one of the problems is there's there's so much money coming into the sector you know there are so many uh you know investors sort of looking at this and thinking well recruitment's broken and uh if we can back the people who are going to fix it um then uh, you know, we, we're going to make a lot of money. So, um, lots of money coming into the sector. Lots of lots of it is being spent on marketing and branding and advertising, um, which kind of ups the ups the amount of noise and uh, kind of reduces the overall traction because uh, you know there are lots of sort of people competing to to solve the same problem, and it makes for a, it makes for quite a confusing landscape. Things are changing, and it's uh, it's really important that people, you know, go back to that same thing, just understand what are the problems they need to solve and, uh, you know, how best how best to solve them. Excellent. For those listening on Matt's show, you can find out more about us at chadcheese.com. And for anyone listening on our show, Matt, where can they find out more about you? You can go to um, rfpodcast.com or just search for Recruiting Future in any podcasting app or on Spotify or wherever wherever you access your podcasts. And you'll be able to see us both on stage at Wreckfest in London, right? You're going to be on the R100 stage in London. That's uh, July 11th, and we're going to be we're going to be closing out the show. Can we come crash your presentation? Yeah, you can. Um, my, my, uh, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a kind of a, a panel debate about automation in recruitment. Oh, um, dude. oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, my, my session is before the bars open. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, and your session is kind of right at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the the audience reaction might be might be might be slightly different. Well, uh, it should it should be an interesting it should be an interesting event. Definitely. What we should do is we should do that panel. Uh, before the bars open and then do it the exact same panel on the main <laughs> after and everybody has to be drunk when we're doing that so i mean th- that would be i think that's a good you know balance between the I two think, i think that's a great idea i think that's a great <laughs> idea and uh you know knowing knowing most of the people on my panel i think they'd be uh they'd be they'd be well up for that excellent thanks matt this has been the chat and cheese podcast Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast 
to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.